we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. This isn't a maybe and if or should we. This is what we are doing. This is what we're called to. We're going to have opportunities to fill bags with food and necessities for children in need who are right here in our, in, on our greater Cincinnati area and all over the world. We have opportunities to provide clothes and sort clothes for the homeless. We're going to put together some furniture. We, you know, like because people should, you know, have the dignity of actually having something to sit on instead of lawn chairs inside their house. We're going to have the opportunity to provide like new shoes for kids who, who otherwise wouldn't have new shoes because we think kids ought to have a pair of shoes. Be desperate enough to boldly take a healing step of action. So I reached out to my friend and I said, hey, we're going to talk about rescue. Can you just tell me how we could bless you? She said, right now, John, honestly, when my friends come into the house, you know, like we just love them right there in our living room and, and, and we just need furniture. So I said, what's the cost on that? She said, I don't know, John, I don't like this kind of stuff. I said, what, what's the cost? Just say the numbers, $5,000. I said, okay, cool. All right, so Whitewater, I, I need $5,000. Simple as that. privilege to be able to update all of you as we wrap up our summer of love. July 4th, that moment, we said, hey, we need to raise $5,000 to take care of women who are living in the hells of modern day slavery in Price Hill, right in our backyard. And I, you know, I asked, you know, what's the need? $5,000. And I just got off the phone with Andrew and I said, hey, Andrew, I'm sorry. We weren't able to raise $5,000. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, that, that, sorry, we, we actually, we raised $38,000. I told Andrew, I'm, I'm sorry, there's some other things that I'm working on behind the scenes for, for wait lists and, and to bring hope into Price Hill, but I can't tell you yet, just get ready. And I can't tell you yet either, just get ready. Just get ready, because the Spirit of the Lord did a mighty work through his church, Whitewater, to say, not on our watch. We're going to rescue the slave. Man, if this is your first time here, woo, you picked a good weekend. If this is your first time online, welcome. You picked a good weekend. This is what we're about. We come to, in, into a place, wherever that may be, here in Cleves, Ohio, wherever you're watching from, to praise Jesus, to worship our God, to celebrate and to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Man, that's who we are. That's what we do. By the way, if, if we haven't met yet, my name is John. I happen to be one of the pastors here. It's great to meet you. Let me be the, let me be the first to say welcome home. Welcome home. And for some of you, you're going to hear today, that's two really powerful words. Welcome home. I have the privilege to announce today that some of my friends, some of your friends, are going to go all in with their faith and they're going to be baptized. Yeah. That's a big deal. Today... We have, a, we have a baptism invitation, and for some of you, you didn't come here thinking you're going to be baptized. Go ahead and take your shoes off now. Just a little heads up, friend-to-friend -friend dialogue right there. 
I know you didn't think of it or plan on it, but by the end of the day, we'll see what God is up to. I love it when we have this invitation to, to go all in with your faith, even if it just means that one person comes forward to be baptized. If one person does that, it is worthy of us to celebrate louder than any Super Bowl or World Series because Scripture says that all of heaven rejoices when just one lost person returns back to God. We're going to celebrate today because I heard that y'all can celebrate and make noise when you're in a ballpark. We're going to celebrate a little louder today, right? We celebrate things more than just a W, right? We celebrate life change, and that's worth celebrating. I hope y'all came to celebrate today. There's a lot in our world right now that would pull us to some other places. We're, we're saying, nope, I'm celebrating. I'm celebrating that I have life still. I'm celebrating that I got another day. Didn't have to, wasn't promised. Scriptures also says that I should give thanks always. All right, so that's what I'm choosing to do. In the midst of persecution, I'm thanking God. Even when things aren't making any sense, I'm thanking God. Because if we still have breath in our lungs, then he's not done using us. I guess there's more work for us to do. Amen? So let's get to it. Wrapping up this summer series, Summer of Love. And today we're talking about how we as Jesus people have been called to find the lost and forgotten. Have you ever lost something? Anything. Raise your hand if you've lost something. Your mind. <laughs> I left my hand up. I got no shame in my game. My mind. Right? We've all, we've all lost something, right? You know, your keys, your wallet, your purse, your phone. You know, you know, after a couple minutes where you can't find your keys, especially if you're running late, yo, right, you just get that knot in your stomach and it's just like, oh, my God. And you put them in the freezer. Look, that's like dementia, early onset. Like, don't put your keys in the freezer. I've just been there, watch it, just, just FYI. Again, I'm all sorts of advice today, little help, helpful hints, all right. Um, some, some of you, if you lost your phone, for more than five minutes. Oh, oh, done, right? Done. Burn the place down, done, right? And if that's you, if you're just getting anxious even thinking about not having your phone for five minutes, again, little advice, maybe decrease the screen time. That's it, just, 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 just a little bit, decrease the screen. I'm not gonna mention the students, I'm not even gonna look at you guys. Not even gonna look at you guys. Because it's not just you. I've seen some of y'all, like, I've been out to dinner with you and you can't take it. And you're a grown, I almost swore there, you're grown adults. That's all I'll say. A little break, a little break from the screen time. That's all, that's all. We've all lost things. Um, back in the late 70s, um, like, our family, we owned a, uh, a burnt orange AMC gremlin. You remember these? <laughs> throw it up. Throw it up. You remember these? Oh, let's go. Yo, that's my family's car, yo. So I heard this too. Uh, Pastor David, Pastor David's first car was a purple gremlin. You know you got swag if you roll in in a purple gremlin. You know what I mean? I don't know what the, man, somebody didn't love him. All right. A purple gremlin. Uh, great. Uh, in 1981, Listen, uh, those of you who are alive, those of you who weren't, you still know Star Wars, so don't worry. So uh, in 1981, 
I lost my Star Wars Chewbacca action figure, okay? I lost Chewbacca, all right? Right? That's my dude. And I still to this day believe it is lodged somewhere in my dad's burnt orange gremlin. I can't find it. Still think about that. Haven't forgotten about losing Chewbacca, right? Now, there are some things, and this fascinates me, there are some things that we forget about immediately, right, after hearing about it, right? So there's some things that we forget about, like, right away, right? Like, um, you know, a text message from your boss that he sent, like, at 5.01 on a Friday. Oh, man, I forgot. Never got that. I don't know what she's talking about. A report card, like, I don't know where I forgot. Like, a, uh, like a, a past due credit card bill that comes in. I don't know. I forgot about that, right? Ex-boyfriends, forgot about that. Hey, come on now. Hey, girl. Woo, amen. Immediately she forgot about that. (laughs) What would you need to happen for us to lose a child and forget about them? I'm not talking about like, you know, like you're running out the door to go to the grocery store, you know, and you, and you pull out of the driveway and you start driving and, and you're like cranking out to like, you know, you know, like white snake, like here I go again on my own, right? And you're just like, you're jamming, it's a summer and you're like, man, I feel like I forgot something, like it's weird. Like, and you're just like, yeah. Oh no, you turn because you forgot your two-year-old son back at home in all alone. This may or may not be a true story. Don't you dare tell Kelly. <laughs> a little memory lapse. Got excited about that white snake moment. So I'm not talking about random memory lapses. What, what, what would need to happen for us to forget about a child? Right. All of us, we'd be like, man, that's nonsense. No way, ridiculous. That would never happen, John. Well, according to the latest numbers at the United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund, UNICEF, right now there are more than 150 million orphans in our world right now. More than 20 million Orphans, children forgotten that are waiting to be adopted right now. And maybe those numbers are too big, right? You say millions, unless y'all got it like that, which if you do, hey, let's talk. But maybe millions is too big, so we got to maybe bring it in. Like, Let's focus that in the United States. There are over 430,000 children in our foster care system. Maybe that's not close enough to home. In the tri-state area, there are 37,000 children in our foster care systems right now. Let's get, let's get really close. Of these 16,000 kids in the foster care system in Ohio, 2,600 of them are waiting to be adopted right now. 400 of those kids are in Hamilton County. 400 forgotten kids right in our backyard that for lots of different reasons, they have been forgotten and neglected. 
why should we talk about this? Why, why should we care? Like, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> because for a church to actually reflect the heartbeat of Jesus caring for the orphan, it better be at the core of who we are as a church. In the book of James, chapter 1, verse 27, God's word, he says it really bluntly. It's pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphan and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Caring for the orphans is kind of a big deal in the eyes of God. And so I just want to break it down for us today. As a, as a church, let's be really practical, right? We, we've, let's go do it. Roll the sleeves up. Great. Let's go do it today. There are 400 kids in Hamilton County waiting for adoption. There is over 600 churches in Hamilton County. So I barely made it out of like elementary math in inner city public schools. So you can help me with the math here. 400 kids waiting to be adopted in Hamilton County, over 600 churches in Hamilton County. Okay, if just one person or family from every church said, not on my watch, that child won't be forgotten, like that, there would be no more forgotten kids waiting for their forever home. Like that. Just like that. 1,800 kids right now in the foster care system in Hamilton County. Again, math, over 600 churches in Hamilton County alone. Okay, if, if just three people or families from every church in Hamilton County said, I'll step up, I'll be a foster parent, just three, just like that, the church of Jesus Christ could care for every child currently in our foster care system like that, taken care of, that's our job, the church, to care for the orphan, like that, done. See, what had happened was, yeah, you know it's, you know it's good, Alan, that Holy Spirit conviction was like, oh, it got real quiet. Man, if the church would be the church, at one of its core principal things, hey, true, true and genuine religion looks like this. Dang. It's at the core of everything that we're supposed to do, right? As a Jesus follower, it, it, to care for the lost and forgotten child. It's a core of the gospel, to care for the lost and Son and daughter, the lost. It's at the core of Jesus' mission, right? It's why he was born. It's why he died a criminal's death. It's why he went to the cross. It's why he rose from the dead, right? It's his mission. Luke 19.10, Jesus gives his personal mission statement for the Son of Man. That's he's talking about himself. Came to seek and save those who are lost. To, to, to find the lost is essential. I wonder if there's, if there's one person, one person, one family, that maybe God has been inviting you 
to adopt. He, he's been tugging at your heart, not, not just today in the last, like, you know, 90 seconds. He, he's been working, and you've just been like, you know, you know how we do when we're like, God, just give me a sign, you know? This is your sign in neon lights, blinking. Maybe there's one of you. Maybe there's, maybe there's three families that, that God has been encouraging and tugging on your heart. You've been waiting for a sign to say, man, like, like, I just feel like maybe we should be a foster family. Maybe that's what we're called to do. This is your sign. If this is you, I want to have a conversation with you. Like, legit, like, I, I want to start that conversation. We have, we have staff, we have many families in our community, our Whitewater family, that, that, that are adopting and fostering, and, and I'm just going to thank you. So proud of you. Maybe if it's you, it's like, oh, oh John, I want in the conversation, then let's do this, right? You, you can check out this right here, focusonyouth.com. That's the partner that, that, that we've been using. We can start that dialogue today. After service, today, right now, you can tune out. If this is you, you have permission. If God has been like, I think we're supposed to foster and adopt, and I'm just like, I've been waiting for a sign, you can check out right now. The rest of the message is not for you. I mean it. Go ahead. Some of you already did. You're rude. <laughs> Caring for the lost, finding the lost and forgotten, that's kind of a big deal, right? Some of you listening today, as I, as I gave those numbers, you know what it's like to be lost or forgotten. Maybe you grew up not knowing your mom or dad, biological mom or dad. Maybe you were abandoned by your mom or dad, birth, mom or dad. Maybe some of you grew up in the foster care system wondering why someone wouldn't love you enough to keep you. If this is you, I just want you to, to know this. You are loved. You do matter. You matter to me as your pastor, but more than that, you matter to God. You are loved. Some of you have had a, a wound and a hole because of that abandonment, because of that. You are loved. You are loved. You have a heavenly father. You have a body of believers that has postured a heart to say you are loved with no exceptions. None. Maybe for some of you, you, you know what it's like to be lost or forgotten, not because you, you grew up without a family, but because of some, uh, some life choices that were made along the way. Some life choices that, that, that maybe left you far from home, far from where you ever wanted to be. Maybe today you're just trying to, to get back to some sense of normal, some sense of belonging, some sense of identity. You're just trying to get back home again. If this is you, please hear me say, welcome home. We don't always get to, you know, choose the family that we're born into, but we do get to choose the family that we live with.
welcome home. I want you to know if this is you, that you have a Father in heaven that is patiently waiting to come back home. My God, I am so grateful that he is patient. Are you? Oh my gosh, patient with his grace, patient with his mercy, patiently waiting that he, he is delaying his return for our sake, for your family and friends' sake. We have a Father in heaven who, who is patiently waiting for all of his kids to come back home. No matter how far we've gone. No matter how long it's been. There's a story in the Bible, uh, Luke 15, for those of you who want to read it now or later in the week, awesome, do that. You should read your Bible. Jesus shares a, a story there in Luke 15 about, about the, the love of the Father, right? He, he kind of shows us the posture of what our Father in heaven is. What, what is his heart for those who are lost and who have gone away? And in this story, there's a son who leaves his father's house, and he makes all sorts of unhealthy choices. Anybody make any unhealthy choices? Every hand should be going up, and if it isn't, you're a liar. A liar. Any unhealthy choices out there? Some of you made them this morning on the way in, screaming at your husband on the way because he didn't park just right, flipped him to bird. And you wonder why people don't like us Christians. Like, you're one thing inside the building, but you're another thing in the parking lot. How come... Ooh, stepping on all those toes this morning. It's fine. Unhealthy choices. We've all made them, right? Thank you, sir. Thank you, madam, for being down front. You know there's a story in the Bible. Oh, man, I'm so script. Like there's this beautiful couple right down here. They're, they're, they're a little older than me. That means more life experience. There's a story in the Bible that says, hey, the first one who's, who, 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 is, who is faultless, let them throw the first stone, right? And it says beginning with the oldest, they left, <laughs> Right? Y'all just shot your hands up. We're like, yep, not me. I made lots of unhealthy choices, right? There's something beauty that comes with age and experience. You know how messed up you are. And this story in Luke 15, it, it shows that even when we make all of those mistakes, that it shows us what our daddy's heart is like. Our daddy in heaven. See, in that story, the the son who went out and made all these unhealthy choices, he finally breaks down and, and he loses everything. In the, and in the midst of his desperation, he makes the decision to go back home. Listen, desperation will always lead us to our divine destination. All right, if we get desperate enough, <laughs> man, that's when Jesus does his best work. I, I got you. I'll take you someplace new. Luke 15, verse, verse 20, Jesus says this. Jesus says, and so the son, the, the, the son who's been making lots of unhealthy choices, the son returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, some of us are still a long way off, but Jesus says, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. It means he was looking for him. Where's my son? Where's my daughter? Says the father saw him coming and filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son. 
the son who had blown it, the son who had done unspeakable things, the daughter who has done horrific things, the, the, the filled with love and compassion, the father ran to them and embraced him and kissed him. We have a God who loves us even at our worst, even at our worst. And for some of you, that's, that's, that's a fairy tale. No way, because my actually heavenly father or my heavenly mother actually, lo- I don't, I'm sorry about that, but you have a heavenly father that loves you even at your worst. A heavenly father who sees us while we're still a mess, when we still don't have it all together, while we still reek of marijuana and regret. We have a father who just runs towards the lost and forgotten. That's who he is. Don't try to paint him in any other picture. We've all got stuff. Stuff in our lives that makes us feel unlovable. Things from our past. Decisions that we've made, insecurities that we have, stuff that makes us think there's no way that my family or friends, let alone God, would love me if they saw how bad this is, if, if they knew how bad I am, how broken I am. I'm too messed up. I'm too broken. Listen, God will run where we can barely limp. If we are limping towards him, he will run towards us. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of the Father. I want to share a story with you that that some of the greatest in the kingdom of heaven that are sitting in this front row Some of them, I've heard this story before. I shared it with them a while back. This is a true story. Because you know how pastors do. They can, what's that word, Bob? They embellish. (laughs) This is not one of those. This is a true story about a family that lives a couple states over in Missouri. Hmm. Several years ago in Richland, Missouri, an 11-year-old middle school boy, Sean Hornbeck, Hugged his mommy and daddy, heads out the door to ride his bike to a friend's house, and that was the last time that his parents would see their son. See, as Sean was riding his bike to his friend's house, he he got hit by a truck and the driver got out of the car, and, and instead of helping Sean up, the driver, Michael Delvin, he assaulted and kidnapped Sean. And over the next four years, Sean would be held captive and would undergo some of the ugliest physical and sexual abuse you can imagine. And his kidnapper had brained him so much to the point that Sean no longer even tried to escape. And for four years, Sean's parents spent their entire life savings and, you know, they quit their jobs just to to focus solely on finding their lost son. It became a nationwide search. Their story went out all across America. It was on all these different TV shows. Some of you may remember this story. Parents, they they set up a website trying trying to find their son. There was a place on the website that you could leave comments. And one day, Sean actually was able to to, to go to 
a computer and got on a computer and, and, and he searched and he actually found this website and he left a comment for his parents. And it simply said, how long will you look for your son? Will you ever give up? And after four years being exhausted and emotionally drained, Sean's parents, they they, they started to lose hope. Can you imagine? And they started to believe the thought, we're never going to see our son again. One day, Sean's mom and dad, they they were driving down the highway and and the cell phone rang and and the dad picked it up and it was a local prosecutor and and the prosecutor simply said, are are you sitting down? Actually, I'm driving. You need to pull over. And so they do and and the prosecutor tells them, I believe we've found Sean. The phone call that they've been waiting for for over 1,400 days has finally come. And then they get the information of, of where they're going to meet this Sean. And, and they're, they're just you know, terrified. They're excited. They're, they're a wreck. Is, is this too good to be true? They're praying that nothing happens in transit when they finally see their boy. And finally, the police car, it pulls up. And out of the car emerges a 15-year-old Sean. And, and the family goes crazy, right? And they run to their boy. And there's this big family hug and they're just jumping up and down and and they're overwhelmed and there's tears and excitement. And the father said, I I never wanted that embrace to end. I just wish that we could have lived in that hug for the rest of our lives. And the Hornbecks, right? They're, They're reunited. After four terrifying years filled with the worst pain was all over because their lost son was home. They got their boy back. I want you to think about that story. I want you to think about all the family had gone through in those four years while their son was lost. And then I want you to think about if that story ends differently. Like what if when the prosecutor calls the parents and, and they pull the car over and the prosecutor tells them, like, we think we found Sean, but there's a problem. Unfortunately, it turns out that while, while he had been held captive, your, your son, he, he turned into a kleptomaniac. He can't stop stealing. And we just wanted you to, to know this before you're reunited. Now, do you think that it's possible that upon hearing this news, Sean's father would say, oh, well, you know what? Never mind. No, you know, never mind. You tell that boy that he's not welcome in this home. We don't want him. Or maybe, how about, maybe, uh, you, you, know, you, you know what, you tell Sean to, to clean up his act before he can come home. Is there any chance you can think that Sean's parents would respond like this after waiting for four years for, for, to get him back? Any chance? 
Like, I think about it. Four years of wondering if they're ever going to see their son again. Is he still alive, desperate for hope? Or, or what about this? What if the prosecutor called them and said, I think we found Sean, but over the last four years, he's been doing a lot of drugs. Or I, I think we found your son, but he's wrestling with his sexual identity. Or I think we found your son, but, but we think he got someone pregnant. Or I think we found your son, but he's been sending a lot of inappropriate images on Snapchat. We think we found your son, but he's really depressed and and he started cutting himself. Is there anything that the prosecutor could say to Sean's parents after all they had been through to make them say, never mind, we don't want him back? Of course not. They would say, what are you talking about? What, what are you even saying? We don't care about any of that stuff right now. We'll work through all of that stuff later. We just want our boy back. Somebody needs to hear this today. There is nothing, nothing that is going to stop our heavenly father from running to you and wrapping his arms around you with all of your stuff, with all the stuff that you think disqualifies you of his love. He's just waiting for you to take a step towards him. Maybe you're hearing this story and, and you're hearing this and you're like, I've never actually taken that step towards the Father. I just want to offer the invitation, the moment to invite you to step to the Father. If this is you, welcome home. Welcome home. Today is your moment, should you choose. Should the spirit be moving in you? Should God be prompting you? Should the heat be rising? Welcome home. To take a step and say, I'm going all in with my faith. Maybe today is the day that you make that decision and you're baptized. Welcome home. See, all throughout Scripture, when people heard the message of, of Jesus and the gospel story about his death and his resurrection and his invitation into new life, they heard this and, and, and they're... They, they wanted to respond and they just had the, the simple question, right? What do I do? Well, Scripture tells us their response is repent, turn to God, be baptized. Repent, just so, so we're on the same page because I'm simple. Like, maybe you're like me. Repent is just a fancy religious word. It means to turn. That's it, to turn. That, that, that if I place my faith in, in God, I repent 
I turn from my old way of life and I turn to God and place Jesus now as Lord and leader of my life and then I am baptized. <laughs> There's another story, I love it, you know, in Acts, you know, when you're looking at, like, how did the early church do it, you know? And, like, so there's another story. This, this guy is, is hearing the gospel message. He's hearing scripture, and, and he's like, oh, man, I want to respond to this. I, I, I want to take a step. What should I do, you know? And, and he tells him, like, well, you should repent, turn to God, and be baptized. And, and, and this guy in Acts, he says, well, look, there's water. What's stopping me from being baptized? And then immediately the two of them, they go into the water, and he is baptized, so I'm just going to ask you the same question. What's stopping you from being baptized? What's stopping you from taking that step into the arms of a heavenly father that is saying, welcome home? I know there's lots of excuses, right? We, we, we say them, we share them, you're even thinking them right now, right? You know, as I was writing this message, right, I kind of got into this flow of like, you know, this is kind of what the excuse page will look like, you know, like, and here's where we're going to talk about the excuses, right? And, 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 and some of them, you know, you write this long enough and it's kind of some of them are the excuses are the same, but it's not the same for people who are hearing it for the first time. So make sure we check that. And, and so in the mi middle of writing, in the midst of all of this, I get this email from our communications team. And I love this. This is the email. It says, in the midst of all the silliness on Facebook and in our world right now, our TikTok is blowing up with positivity and encouragement. People are asking, like, if they, if they, if they can get baptized from, from all over, people are asking, like, should I get baptized? Like, God is pulling a victory on our social media right now amidst all the battles and storms. Amen, right? <laughs> it's crazy. Where'd Alan go? Did he leave? Yeah, he's gone, right? He just gave me an update, right? And I'm going to give you old numbers. They're not even right. Do you know, Connor? It's, it's what is it? 33,000 views on our silly little video of should I get baptized? 33,000. That may not be a lot for some of y'all, but that's a lot for us, okay? 33,000 people checking it out going, hey, should I get baptized? And then 600, over 600 comments and questions going on about being baptized. What's that mean? Do I agree? Do I disagree? People engaging in spiritual conversations about baptism. God is working. God is fighting for us. We don't have to do anything except just put the gospel out there. It's amazing. This is the video, silly little video that, that we're talking about. Oh, wait, I was baptized as a baby. Should I get rebaptized again? Your parents' decision to baptize you as a baby was great, but we would encourage you to build on that foundation that your parents laid or that your grandparents or guardians laid, and you make a personal decision yourself to say yes to Jesus and go all in in baptism. Cute, fun little short video. 33,000 people checking it out. It just blows me away, right? Then there's some questions, right? These are, these are real people. I didn't type this in there and make it look like, I mean, like the real people, right? We got one of them, Emily. She's asking a question. Do I need to get baptized at all? I'm working on my new relationship with Jesus. Listen, God's word encourage you that baptism is a public confession of your faith as you're following in the footsteps of Christ. Brittany asked the question, like, no, pull it back up there. How about that? I like it when it's, they can see it's not just me making stuff up. You know, Brittany says like, hey, remember we always say the excuses? It's the first one right there. What if I was baptized as a Catholic when I was a 
baby, but now I converted to Christianity. I love this question. Connor, he answered it. It's one of the most common things that people say is like, what if I was sprinkled as a baby, you know, know, in the Catholic church or another church tradition? Like, I know this was the case for a lot of you. I've had the conversations with you. Let me ask you, whose decision was it for you to be baptized that day? Yours as a baby? Or your parents and grandparents? Because here's what I know. Nowhere in the Bible do we read that any infants are being baptized or given instructions for infants to be baptized. I'm not trying to lessen the importance of your family's commitment to faith in your life, but I do want to invite you to make a personal decision of faith. Because what I do read is that there will be a day where I stand before and I have to give an account and answer what did I do with Jesus. Not what did your mama do with Jesus or what did your grandma do with Jesus or your Aunt Betty do with Jesus. What did you do with Jesus? Making the decision to be baptized is a personal decision that only you can make. And some of you, you know, you're hearing this and you're like, John, oh my gosh, I've heard this all before. Like, why are you saying it again? Listen, please hear my heart if, if this is you. And I know it's a lot of you and I love you. This moment is not about you. This is for the one who has not heard this before. This is their moment. This is their first time. So if you've already heard this and and you have that posture, please, I'm inviting you right now to bow your head and start praying like you've never prayed before that the Holy Spirit would take over and remove all barriers and all obstacles. That's your job right now. For the person listening today who's never been baptized, look, welcome home. You're not forgotten. (laughs) You don't have to have it all figured out just so you know. You don't. If the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart and saying, you should go do that thing that he keeps talking about. Take your shoes off. You're about to get wet. Maybe the thing that's holding you back, it actually isn't really deep. You know, like you just, you know, you just don't want to get your clothes wet. You know, you got, you got cute little outfit on. Like I'm Ferris. That's cool. I mean, I guess. But if we have the clothes you can change into. All right, it, it, it's really not all that big deal, right? Uh, maybe, maybe you're like, you know, me, like, f- this is what my hang-up was. Like, I, I, I'm a mess. <laughs> I need to get my life together before I can be baptized. Look, here's the deal. You don't get cleaned up to take a bath. You take a bath to get cleaned up, okay? <laughs> End of story. 
So here's what we're going to do. A worship team is going to come out. We're, we're going to sing a few more songs. And if you're ready to take that step into the arms of our Heavenly Father that says, welcome home, if you're ready to be baptized, I'm going to invite you to come down front here and make that decision today. If you're watching online, hello, it's our largest audience crazy thousands of people watching. Hi, wherever you are in TV land. Uh, like, if this is you, this is for you too. If you want to be baptized, like, great. If you're in the greater Cincinnati area, jump in your car, brush your teeth, then jump in your car and come here. Myself, Connor, David, we'll wait. We'll wait here. Sorry, David, FYI, you got to wait now. All right, so we'll wait. Seriously, just jump in your car after you clean up and then, you know, don't clean up before you take away. Anyway, brush your teeth and then come here and we'll make it happen. A lot of you are not in the greater Cincinnati area. You're actually all over the world, and I love that, and you're out of state, and that's so cool. Listen, our online pastor, Connor, like he's already working out the details of how we'll actually come to you or make out, you know, logistics to get you baptized. All you got to do is look, text us right now. Text all in to 513-466-1424. We'll make it happen. Simple as that. This is what we're all about. This is what we do. There will be no barriers, no obstacles. I am a human wrecking ball for the gospel. Quote, someone said that about me and I put it on my desktop. I love that. We will eliminate all barriers to the best of our ability every day of our lives. So every week during this whole series, we put out challenges, right? Today's no different. I got two challenges, two asks, if you will. They're both for the one, but in a little different way. My first ask is for us to take seriously caring for the orphan, the forgotten child. So, like I said earlier, if there's one family, one person, one adult that, that wants to take that step and say, I'm going to care for the orphan and the forgotten child I, I want to adopt or foster during this time, I actually want you to come and talk to me. I want you to just come talk to me. We'll start the conversation. My second ask is for the one listening that is ready to be baptized. So uh, here's the deal. I'm believing that there is one person <laughs> that has said, I'm stepping in and we're going to celebrate like it's the Super Bowl. If that's you, welcome home. I'm going to pray. David. He's going to get into the water looking good. Don't you dare fall. You know, you know they'll laugh. I won't laugh, but they, they'll laugh. I'll laugh. I'll laugh. <laughs> We're going to sing together. And if you're ready to be baptized, I want you to come down front when I'm done praying or any time while we're singing. If you're still worried about your hair or what other people will think, let me just ask you this question. When it comes to placing your faith in the one place that no power on earth can steal it, in the hope of Jesus Christ making that decision, whose opinion ultimately matters? Let me pray. Father, I thank you that you have prepared this moment. I thank you for all of the hearts that are open, that are willing to respond, to say, I'm going all in and choosing you, Jesus, as Lord and leader. Father, we are sinners saved by grace. We need you. We are a mess without you. Father, we're, we're turning from our old life. 
And we are placing you at the foundation of all that we do as Lord and leader. Father, let us be a people that will be known as your church that chases after the forgotten child. No matter who that child is. Father, we love you. Have your way. It is in your name that God's people said, amen.